welcome in everyone to another episode of Catfish on Ice, episode 103, with your host Chad Mitten and host Rich Howe. Joining you coming out of this weekend, this all-star weekend that we just came out of. And Rich just had a birthday as well. Rich, how was your birthday? Yeah, it was great. really good. Going to
And we've also got our clutch performers of the week, which is only going to be one game from last week. That was the Vancouver game, which, like I said, for some reason, it feels like an eternity ago, Rich. I don't know why, but it does. I don't either. I don't know. It was six days ago, but it feels like longer. Yeah, it's strange. It's going to get ramped back up pretty quick, though. Second half of the season, so. Well, we're already well past the second half of the season. Oh, yeah. They're already at 46 games. So they are much further ahead than some of these other teams who have some games in hand. Mm-hmm. So that's something important to keep track of. But you could also look at it as a little bit of a positive if you're looking at the Predators because they're going to get some more rest coming into the second half of the season, you would think. They're going to get that's more true. breaks. That's good for UC Soros, of course, who we know is just being worked to death. That's going to be part of our <laughs> post-All-Star yeah. break uh, expectations. Uh, we've got one that's kind of circled around that. And then finally, we will wrap up tonight's episode with the top trade deadline targets that are out there and if these players would fit the Predators or not. Well, yep. we'll some of these players might not make sense for the Predators at all, but you might be able to find a, uh, a fit for a couple of these players that are really circulating the – the trade deadline target list you're seeing yep. from all of the main hockey websites. Quite so we'll go through that list and see if any of them fit for the Preds. So fun episode lined up for you. And of course, Kyle Perkins, it's Monday. He will be jumping on board with us to do another edition of Perks Picks. Again, we have no idea what his Perks Picks will be Not this a week. Always a surprise. Him. Always a surprise. We ready to get into this, Rich? Let's do it. I'm ready. So ready. So ready. What were your top takeaways first, Rich, uh, coming from the All-Star break? Um, yeah, <clears throat> I didn't care for the new um, skills competition things all that much. I like the traditional, you know, the fastest skater, hardest shot. Those are all really cool. The breakaway thing that we're going to talk about was really cool. The thing out on the fountain at Bellagio – not that great, I don't think. Yeah, and then the, it was... the, the the 21 and 22 thing, eh, it really didn't. It was kind of like just kind of boring, I guess. I hate to say that, but I don't know. It just didn't seem well, – there wasn't any crowd cheering and, and yeah, all that. Yeah, that was the weirdest thing. So the fountain face-off, the way they promoted it, I pictured it being like screaming fans on the side, like these – you know, like just Same. watching the players actually go over to yep. the uh, little rink. They, I, I hyped it up in my head way more than what it turned out to be. And kind of like what you said, Rich, there was like no enthusiasm. You really didn't hear anybody cheering. It was no. the fountain face off was pre recorded. And I didn't even realize that until the I night of. I felt like the biggest idiot. So we were doing, we were doing our last episode live, uh, talking about what we expected out of the All Star break. We were talking about the fountain face off. And little did we know, Rich, it was happening pretty much right. while we were when doing we it. We're talking. Yep. Mike Twitter, he's voicing his complaint already. Central wearing blue jerseys and then switching to white. I agree with that. Oh, that was a little yeah. confusing. That was, yeah, weird. It was confusing. Till I saw Kreider in a blue jersey with the Rangers patch. Yep. It was a little weird. Um, mm. I'm not sure why they did that. That's strange. Yeah, but the fountain face off was was a big swing and a miss for me. Um, I think they could have made it way more exciting. And like I said, the pre-recording, no fan noise, uh, awkward, uh, the announcer, which 
I'm sure is really great at his job. I can't even remember his name. Obviously, he's good as good at his job if he hosted it like he did. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it felt fell flat. Like there just wasn't much enthusiasm. It seemed awkward to me almost. Yeah, and the players were just kind of like not really into it. It didn't feel, you know, no. they're just kind of out there chit chatting, and I don't know. I just expected a little more out of it. And then the twenty one where they played 21, that was kind of the same way. It was just – they were just not – I did like – I liked that one more, though, Rich. I thought it was I, kind of fun, actually. I did like it better than the Fountain one. Although <clears> – but, yeah, Joe Pavelski killed it, man. I was he getting into it, though. I, like the, I really like the strategy that was involved in it, though, because mm-hmm. as the cards – you know, as they knocked out the cards yep. and these rounds kept going, it was basically whichever player finished closest to 21 or hit 21 – Yep. And it turned out every player in the first round hit 21. Yeah, and I mean. You got, how many turns did they get? I think they got three turns, didn't they? Yeah, something like that. I can't remember. Wait, but Who would who would have thunk it that NHL All-Star players are deadly accurate at shooting pucks yeah. into cards? <laughs> look at all – yeah, look at all the people. It was like Austin Matthews, Joe Pavelski. Of they course, made it look dudes. so easy. They made they it did. look so easy. And they really weren't that far away from the cards. They were like 30-some-odd no. feet away. But no. I did like the strategy that was kind of involved there at the end. I mm-hmm. did like how the um, commentator was asking the player, okay, what card are you going for here? What's your strategy? And yep. the player would say, oh, I'm, I'm going for that, I don't know, ace of clubs whatever, or whatever it yeah. is they were going for. And almost every time they hit it, dead on i'm like yep that's why they're nhl all-star hockey players absolutely joe pavelski though man he was killing it he made it look easy he called every one of them and nailed every one of them so he even shot one of the pucks through the card and broke a light behind the (laughs) behind the uh the net or whatever and going back to the fountain face-off roman yossi did really well in his first round oh i think he like had did it all in like 11 seconds and the whole point of the fountain face-off for anyone who missed it or didn't catch it you had to shoot this puck into these little targets that were yep. kind of floating around the fountain, these little lit up targets. And it turned out the hardest target for these players to hit was the one that was closest to them. <laughs> did you yeah, notice they, that? I did. They struggled uh, with hitting that. Yossi had a really hard time. It was almost like I looked at it almost. It reminded me of a trying to do a chip shot in golf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when you're exactly. when you're about ten or fifteen yards short of the green, and you can't, you're too far away to putt. So you got to yep. do that little chip shot onto the green to set yourself up for a putt. That's kind of what this little, this last little target reminded me of for these hockey players. And yes, Roman Yossi, that was his downfall in the <laughs> final round. And then who ended up winning the fountain faceoff? Was it Zach uh, Wierenski of the uh, Blue Jackets? <sighs> Wow, I just watched it the other day and I can't remember. We might have one. to look that one up. I can look it up real quick. I'm pretty um, sure it was Zach uh, Wierenski yeah, of the uh, Columbus Blue I think Jackets. you're right. I think you're but, right. But um, Yeah, I was making jokes throughout the whole fountain face-off that if Roman Yossi wins the fountain face-off, go ahead and stop the Norris Trophy nom- <laughs> nomination process. Give him yep. the Norris Trophy tonight. But I guess the Norris Trophy debate lives on because Roman Yossi did not win. He did not get it. Face off. <clears throat> it. It was Zach Rowinski. Yep. And then, yeah. uh, Rich, I missed the safe streak. Uh, getting to sit in uh, Nashville rush hour traffic, I was not able to oh, get home lovely. in time to catch the safe streak. So fill us in on what happened on the safe streak as I actually go grab my phone because I am feeling a little, uh, a little lost right now. Yeah, Rich, tell us what happened bit. in the safe streak, and I will be right back. 
Um, I'm going to have to look up who actually won the save streak because uh, I don't remember that either. Oh, it was uh, it was the the guys we picked. Um, I picked Jack Campbell, and uh, Chad picked. Who did you pick to win that? The save streak. Save streak. I went with um, Vasilevsky, didn't I? I'm pretty sure I went with yes, Vasilevsky. That's right, and that's exactly who won. Uh, so we had it. Uh, we didn't know how the rules were going to go, um, but it was actually Vasilevsky and Campbell were on the same team. So they kind of had to get um, – I think they got like nine in a row. They saved like nine in a row to win. Um, just killing those – those guys were killing it. Um, so actually we both were right. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then Saros, those guys, I think they, he came in second. And I can't remember who he was with. Um, but I think they stopped like five or six in a row. It was real kind of weird the way they I did like it. it. I like it better when it's each player on their own. And yeah, then I did like, too. Like, why wouldn't you just make it to where you like all the participants compete in the first round, and yes. like maybe the maybe the top four move on to the next round? Like, Absolutely. why do we have to? Like, why do we have to make this complicated? You know, I don't know. Yeah, it was Cam Talbot and UC Saros. Mm. They came in so they second, did, so they did it by division. They did it by division. Actually, oh boy, I gave them more credit than they had. They actually saved three in a row. Yeah, that that was it. And then the Pacific was Thatcher Demko and John Gibson, and they saved three. And then the Metro was were the, were the shots they were facing were they legitimate like tough shots to stop? Who was shooting at them? Uh, yeah, just guys in the like, division. Yeah, like NHL players. Yeah, yeah. NHL play. And were they hard? So they were firing yeah. like legit shots at them and stuff, not softballs. Yeah. Nope. Okay. <laughs> No, it was I like real, real breakaway stuff. Um, Good. All right. Well, I'm, yeah. I'll have to go back and see if I can catch that, but I missed yeah, that part. Check it, out. it was cool. But, but I am, mm. I'm very thankful that Nashville traffic did not keep me from seeing Trevor Zegers pull off the <laughs> oh, magic man. trick of all magic tricks in hockey. And first of all, let me say this was the crown jewel of the night for the skills competition maybe of the entire NHL All-Star Weekend, was the creativity we saw from the Breakaway Challenge, where you saw these players come up with their own different ways of scoring, but they made it fun. They made it creative. They made it fun for the family. They made it fun for all of your viewers. That's what you want. You want to make hockey like – you know, because some – these hockey players don't really get to show a lot of emotions like some no. of your other sports. It's more gritty and straight to the point and just they all look mean and they all look, you know, this yep. and that. So it was really cool to see these players kind of let loose a little bit, have some fun, draw some laughs. And Trevor Zegras, who is, of course, in that Calder Trophy race along with our guy Tanner Janot and Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider, yes, he is yeah. right there in there for a reason because he is an electrifying offensive goal scorer. But in this case, Zegris threw on the uh, average Joe's uniform from the movie Dodgeball. Yeah. Uh, for everyone, most people have seen this movie with Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn. Uh, yeah. That we're going back like I don't know that movie's like what That's it's over old. ten years old. Yeah. Oh yeah, easily <laughs> at least. But uh, yep. he threw on the average Joe's jersey, dodgeball jersey. And if you remember in that movie, Vince Vaughn's character, to win the dodgeball and, and to beat uh, 
what was the name of Ben Stiller's team? Oh, I can't even remember. It's wow. been so long since I've seen it. Anyway, that. he throws uh he throws on the blindfold just like Vince Vaughn does in Dodgeball, the movie, and scores a breakaway goal while dodgeballs are being thrown at him and scores a breakaway goal. Yeah, he actually picked the puck up on the on the end of his stick and like spun around and threw it in backwards. So while blindfolded. Um and our- somehow he doesn't win <laughs> because it was rigged. It oh, was yeah. rigged. It was rigged. Petrangelo wins the breakaway challenge because he is the hometown Vegas Golden Knights player. And I'm like, really? I wasn't sure what he was even doing. I know he yeah, had a it, band come out and I don't know. And then kinda... who was it? Who was it that did the uh hangover? That was uh, Alex Debrinkit. Yeah. He came out, and that was a little weird. Jack Hughes did the magic trick where he, the little kid dressed like him came right. out. Yeah, yeah, and scored and it then, That was pretty cool. I that like was that pretty one. cool, too, yeah. So it was really fun to see the creativity in that event. Yeah. Enjoyed that a lot. And then, let's t- and then, hey, we did get right the hardest shot, Rich. We both predicted Victor Hedman, and Victor yeah. Hedman won. So at least we got something right. He was still a little off of, of uh, Shea Weber's record, but we'll give him, you know. We'll give you he, he hit it at 103 miles an hour, which is very, very solid, very impressive. Shea very Weber's impressive. top mark was 108.5 miles an hour, but I do believe the record is still owned by Zdeno Chara. I think so. Which I, don't I think know what he it was is. like slightly above Shea Weber's top mark. Yeah. Um, but a respectable showing from Hedman. Uh, Tom Wilson kind of got – I think he broke 100 on his. I was interested to see what Tom Wilson would do. Thought he was yeah. a really interesting choice for that event. But, uh, he, of course, he got booed by the crowd, which was uh, – he. Yeah. it seemed like he took it in stride. He did. He's, he For a second, he looked like he was a little surprised, but yeah. he shouldn't be surprised. But then but he laughed it off. He laughed it off. He laughed it off. He, he didn't yep. care. I mean, what, what, what's the matter to him? And then let's talk about the NHL All-Star 3-on-3 tournament itself. Roman Yossi scores a goal, scores an assist. Yep. Uh, he scores a – the goal he scored was just him just finding the puck, got really in tight on the goaltender, and scored on Jack Campbell. Mm. Nice little goal for Yossi, so it's cool to see him score in this that. thing. And uh, But the Central Division has still never won the All-Star game since it's become the 3-on-3 tournament. Yeah. Um, the first game was really good. The second game, not so much at all. Um, Soros, though, he had some really good saves in the second game. They were down by two, I believe. Soros was, like, killing it with yeah. the saves, trying to keep them in it. But I mean, the goaltender is not set up for success in this format at all. No, because no. not only is it three-on-three, three, but no one's really checking, no one's four-checking, no one's hitting. No. Very, very few block shots. Yeah. So it's, you can't go off of save percentage. I think Soros gave up like three goals in the last. But yeah, yeah no, like no one's going off save percentage. <laughs> um, but it was really cool to see Soros in his first all-star game. So it was great to see him get those, get that recognition that we all know he deserves. Absolutely. Uh, and he got the initial selection. And then Roman Yossi, of course, had to get in due to Nathan McKinnon's injury. Yep. And so it was awesome to see him score a goal and an assist. And yep. yeah, 
but we good. we predicted the Central Division to win it this year, and we came yeah. close, but we were wrong. Came close. Did not happen, unfortunately. So with that, with that, Rich, let's go ahead and draft our all-star team. We have All 18 right. bucks to spend. I've got the list right here now that All I've right, got cool. my phone back. The main reason I had to get my phone was due to – I couldn't remember exactly how this list was listed <laughs> out. This is from Sportsnet. They put this out here, and they weird. said – Build your 2022 NHL All-Star lineup. You have $15 to spend. Pick three forwards and two defensemen. We're going to make it a little bit more fun here. We added Roman Yossi in as a $5 pick, and we added goaltenders in, and we gave you an extra $3 to spend. So you have $18 to spend to make up for the goaltender, your $5 players. We got Leon Dreisaitl, Jonathan Herberto, uh, Cal McCarr, Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid. All five dollar yeah. players, but we're adding Roman Yossi in there to the mix. Four dollar, you got Johnny Gaudreau, Victor Hedman, Nazem Kadri, Kirill Kaprizov, and Steven Stamkos. Kyle Connor at three dollars to bring it. We can go on and on down there. One dollar players, you got Clayton Keller. You've got uh, Nick Suzuki is a good one that stood out. Two dollar players, you got Joe Pavelski on there. Brady to Chuck. You want me to give you my team, Rich, first? Uh, yeah, that'd be good. That sounds All good. All right, so obviously you gonna I'm taking – You're going to start at the bottom? No, I'm just going to start listing my team. Oh, okay, awesome. So since we're cool. since we're adding Roman Yossi, that makes it difficult. Now I got to – made. Yeah, actually, yeah, <laughs> it did. Because I didn't have him – yeah, I didn't have him in a, as a $5 guy. <laughs> Okay, right. so I'm definitely taking Roman Yossi at $5. Okay. I'm taking Joe Pavelski at $2. I think that's a steal. Give me him at $2. Give me Brady to Chuck at $2. So now, I hate math. All right, so I'm at uh, $9. So I still got another $9 to spend here. I'm going to take UC Soros as well. So that puts me at Rich. You're supposed to be keeping track here on the math. Here. I can't. You're asking the wrong person to do math. All right. I, I got Roman. I did this earlier and I, and I lost my list. All right. I got Yossi at five. Right. Yossi at five. Yep. I got Pavelski at two. So, so do it like, well, okay. That's fine. So you I'm didn't go in like order of how I picked four. them. Oh, gotcha. I gotcha. All right. I took Brady to Chuck at two. So that puts me at $9. I'm taking Soros. Puts me at 14 I ain't got much money to spend now. You don't. I actually need a <laughs> – boy, I screwed my This all. is hard, isn't it? It is very hard. It's definitely hard. Um, all right. So I've got $4 to spend. Oh, yeah. I took Clayton Keller. I forgot about him. Okay. For $1. So now I need a defenseman. I need a defenseman, and I've got $3 to spend. So that means I'm stuck with Zach Rowinski. You got Zach Rowinski. He's not bad. No, he gets, he's not he bad gets, at all. He gets overlooked all the time, so that's my team. All right. When you add in the goaltender, that's my team. 
You got Roman because right. you picked two defensemen, three forwards. So we got Roman Yossi and Zach Rowinski as my two defensemen. I took Joe Pavelski, Brady Tuchuk, and Clayton Keller as my three forwards. And, of course, I took Saros at the $5 mark. To put me at $18, Rich, that was tough. Right. That was difficult. It is hard. So I'll do mine. So, obviously, I'm going to take Roman Yossi. Right, I'm writing $5. these down for you, Rich. I'm writing these down for oh, you. Oh, awesome. So we don't I lose think track I did, here. I think I did the math right. All right. So Roman Yossi for 5 bucks. So that's good. Connor McDavid for five dollars, though. That's pretty good too. But I thought you were saying you spent I thought you were saying you took McDavid. I'm like, you're already it. at ten dollars, man. And you I know. <laughs> yeah, just them two and then dollar the rest of the guys. <laughs> so yeah, so Roman Yossi and then <clears throat> Nazim Kadri. All right. That's a forward. So that's four bucks. That's nine dollars. Spending a little money here. Yep. So then Chris Kreider, three dollars. Oh, I don't have enough people. Hold on. Told you it's harder than it sounds. So you're no, at twelve dollars. You're at twelve dollars right now, Rich. I got it. Yeah. So I got Yossi, Kadri, Chris Kreider, and then Freddie Anderson was in the three dollar goaltender yes. range. So that's fifteen dollars. So then Joe Pavelski for two dollars. And Adam Pellick for a dollar. $18. You know what? We took a lot of the same players, but you couldn't take your boy Juice. How are you feeling about that, Rich? You could not take your boy Juice. Well, actually, I could have. I worked it out to where I – see, I I took Soros and Yossi first, and then I worked myself around it to figure out. That was non-negotiable for me. I had to take Yossi and I had to take Soros and then I had to figure everything else out. So that's yeah. why. But that's Pavelski at $2 made it easier for me. And Brady to Chuck for that matter at $2. Yeah. Made um, it a little bit easier. Even Clayton Keller is a decent player. He scores a lot of goals. He's yeah. just on a really bad team. So I took yeah. him for a dollar. So I, I like my team, but I like your team too. Even so, though you did not take your boy Juice. I'm yeah. kind of shocked here, Rich. So Joe Pavelski... 48 points this season. He's like 37 years old or something. That's pretty That's pretty strong. He's still playing yeah, really he's well. He's having a great year. Yeah. So, unfortunately, they're not having that great a year. But, yeah, that's good. They could, hey, they're hanging in the weeds, though, Rich. And we're about yeah. to see the Dallas Stars this Wednesday. The Stars are one of those teams. They're hanging out in the bushes. And it's like they're just waiting to creep up and surprise everybody. So, yep. I would not count out the Dallas Stars just yet. Yep. Now's their time for them to make a push. So, and one more thing, I cannot. How did? What's the news? I never really looked this up. Why was uh, Igor Shosturkin not in the All Star game? Did he really not get an All Star game pick? You know, I don't remember. Did he pull out? Did oh, he cancel? I think he. I think he did. I think he okay. canceled. Yes. Because I was like, that's like the biggest travesty yeah. ever. If they that did not been, select him, that would have been horrible. Um. I don't remember why he had to not do it. Because he is the one goaltender where I will say, if he, if, if Soros isn't the top Vesna candidate, then Igor Shosturkin, I'm not going to argue with you on that one. Yep, Obviously. absolutely. Yeah, I don't remember why he had to pull out, but he did. 
This is episode 103 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Mitten and Rich Howe, your host, presented by DraftKings and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. As we react to this All-Star weekend that we just watched over the weekend and giving you our top takeaways from it, now we are going to look ahead to the rest of the season grind that we have ourselves coming up here. We're going to get you ready for the playoff push here. The Predators are in a really good spot. Most playoff odds predictors have the over a 95% chance that the Predators are going to make the playoffs. But there's still that 5% that makes me nervous as hell. And it always happen. Yes. So we've got some goals and expectations here. I also wrote an article on this exact topic if you want to check it out on predlines.com. Absolutely. Some realistic, because obviously the goal is to always win a Stanley Cup. So we left that one out because that's obvious. But you got some expectations here. Let me give you my first one, and then I'm going to ask Rich his reaction on it. My first one here is more rest for UC Soros. I don't care how it happens. I know the schedule might loosen up a little bit (laughs) because the Predators have already played 46 games. So maybe they will get a little bit more of a rest compared to some of these other teams. But I feel like Soros is going to start – his play is going to start being affected down the stretch. And when I say down the stretch, I mean like the last two weeks of the regular season going into the playoffs. If you just keep grinding him down like they're doing, he's only human. He's going to start breaking down, down the grind. And the last thing you want to see happen is him hit a rough patch right in the last couple weeks of the season when you're battling for playoff seeds, when you're, or even when you get in that first round of the playoffs, you know? So you need a refreshed UC Soros going into those final couple weeks. So now is the perfect time to get David Riddick some starts and give Soros some extra rest. I totally agree. I wrote that same thing down myself. Um, What they need to do is obviously finish the season really strong so that they can maybe give him some rest at the end of the season. They don't want him to rest too long. um, So, you know, gets out of, out of sequence or whatever, but you'd also don't want it to be to where they're having to win games the last week or two of the season to, to even get into the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be in that position, but yeah, man, Riddick needs to get some starts because yeah. Soros, I, they're riding him really hard. I mean, the, most re- right. the, the more realistic scenario for me seems to be that in those final two weeks, the Predators are still going to have something to play for, and right. it's kind of go- going to go into my next expectation I'm about to give you here. But it's going to be more about playoff seeding and maybe even home ice advantage in the first round. That's what I'm thinking about more than anything. And the last thing you want to happen is a broken down and tired and exhausted Soros going into his last three or four starts of the season. He has a couple bad games. And what do you know? The Preds fall out of third place and they fall into that dreaded wild card. And guess what your gift is? You get to play the Colorado Avalanche in the first round. Yep. And we don't that, want that, that. I'm not really worried. I'm not worried about them missing the playoffs anymore. I feel like they it would take a catastrophic meltdown for them to miss the playoffs at this point. But I'm really still very worried about them landing in that wild card area and having to go against Vegas or Colorado in the first round. Yeah. Just don't like the thought of that. 
that was one of the things I actually wrote down to stay out of whatever scenario would put them against Colorado in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> well, that scenario that, is most likely going to be the wild card. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think they're, yeah, I agree. I don't think they're going to, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But, but it's such, a crowded, it's really such a crowded, it's such a crowded division race. Like it always is. Yeah. And if you look at it right now, even though the predators are playing great, obviously, and they're doing all these great things, they are only three points shy of St. Louis, who is currently in one of the wild card spots. Right. So it's not like they have this big gap between nope. where they're at now and being in the wild card mix. Like they're they've still got yeah. a lot to play for, and you know, and Colorado's eight points above Colorado's, them in first. Colorado's building themselves a cushion here. They got two games in hand yeah. on Nashville and they're eight points ahead. So I'm I'm not saying it's completely impossible for the Predators to somehow win the division, but that's a pretty far fetched uh thing that's to happen. So I don't even have that up. I don't even have that in my expectations or goals because I just don't think it's realistic at all. If it yeah, happens, I I, I'll be yeah. shocked just like this entire season has left me shocked. But I just don't see it happening. To go back to Soros real quick, Soros has faced the most shots of any goaltender in the NHL by almost 100, Rich. <laughs> uh, that's insane. That, I mean, I mean he's, already met, he's already made the most starts. He's second in the league in wins, only behind Vasilevsky. And he has faced almost 100 more shots than, than the next person in line in the entire season. Which was my biggest argument I have for why Soros should be right up there with Igor Shosturkin and Frederick Anderson when we're talking yeah. about the Vesna Trophy race, and of course Andre Vasilevsky should is in there as well. But um, that's why I say, okay, Shosturkin, I get it. His numbers are better than Soros's; they are slightly better. But he's also played way fewer games, and I do think that has some. I do think that should play a role in it. I do because. Soros, yeah, I mean, has had, Soros has had more instances to where he can give up more goals. He's been in, he's just pl- had to play more. His team has relied on him more than the yes. Rangers have had to rely on Shesterkin. But yep. those are one A and one B for me. Like I said, Shesterkin, mm-hmm. if you want to make him your Vesna Trophy leading candidate, I'm not going to give you any any crap about that because obviously he is up there and he's got the best numbers among all goaltenders. <laughs> When it comes to goals against, when it comes to a lot of your analytics, he's ahead of Soros slightly. But yep. heavy usage should matter. I think so too. And I mean, you look at how many shots, that's a lot of shots. And, you know, he had that stretch where it was like two or three 40 shot saves a night. That's insane. And that mm-hmm. has to be taken into account. You got to look at, you got to look at what would happen if the team did not have him. I think as well. So, yep. I mean, be a whole to- totally different team without without Soros. That's for sure. I think you could say the same about the Rangers as well, though, if they didn't yeah. have Shesterkin. So they're, they're they're two worthy candidates. No, I, you know, I agree. No yeah. one's throwing Shesterkin out and saying that he's not no. worthy and deserve deserving of being up there as well. One hundred percent. But um, but yeah, Soros is going to have to get some start getting more rest, and I don't think it should just be on back to backs. I think that occasionally you got to. I mean, what was the whole point in going out and signing Riddick to a one-year deal 
if you're not going to use him in yeah. situations and you unless the unless the organization just literally has zero faith in Riddick at, at all. And at that point, I feel like why did you sign him in the first place? You could have just brought Connor Ingram up here and he could have yeah. done exactly what Riddick's doing. You know, I agree one hundred percent. Now, and, and now you don't, you wouldn't want to see you wouldn't want to see Connor Ingram just wasting away on the bench and not getting nah. development. So we're happy to see him in Milwaukee. That's that's great for him. But my point is, why did you bring Riddick in here to start with if he's just basically keeping the bench warm and he's not really doing anything? Yeah, and especially since our friend Lindsay, who's a f- huge Flames fan, has told us that David Riddick needs some starts to to get in. You know, to get mm-hmm. uh, going. And like he's just not going to get it. Like he has needs a few more than he has now. That's for sure. Like you got to get him in there well, and get him more comfortable. And Rich, let's look at this. The rest of this month of February. I mean, the Preds have no back to backs, and so I mean, yeah. it's very possible that we don't see David Riddick until. I mean, there's not a back to back for the Predators in, in in over a month from now. Wow. Their next back-to-back is, oh, yeah. is March the 12th and 13th. Yep. St. Louis and Minnesota. So it's very possible that not only just based on the schedule and the way it's laid out, Saros does get some rest this month just by the way the schedule is laid out, and we don't see Riddick all month. If you're, Coach Hines, if, you're Co- if you're Coach Hines, do you still find a way to start Riddick a couple games this month? I, it's, it's a tough it's hard question. To it's hard. It's very tough because you know they they're trying to definitely give Saros the most starts he's ever had, and he's definitely going to get that. But I mean, how long can he keep it up? That's the. But that's you look. What, you look at this though. I mean, out. so they play. So the Predators play Dallas on Wednesday. Then they get another two days off. Then they play Winnipeg. Then they get another. They they have two and three days off in between games, all the way up until twenty second. Yeah. So, then they so Soros is going to at least start the next five games. So who knows when we will see David Riddick again? To be quite honest, right? Yeah. And if you look then, at if you look at who they're it, playing though, but then it becomes yeah. but then it becomes really dicey because in March the schedule gets way more condensed. You're going to have to lean on Riddick during some of those games during those back to backs in March. And what are you going to do? Throw out a completely rusty David Riddick and just <laughs> concede that you're probably going to lose that game because Riddick's going to give up three or four or five goals in that game because he's rusty and he hasn't played in two months. I mean, it's, yeah. I think yeah, you got to figure out, I think you got to figure out a way to get Riddick a start or two this month. I know that's not popular and I know everyone wants to see UC Soros as much as possible, but I think that David Riddick, needs to get a start at some point this month or maybe even yeah. two starts. Yeah. But there's yeah. some tough games though too. So That's I don't what know. I was going to say. Yeah. It's so they got, man. so there's, I mean, they're all really tough. The The one could be the Winnipeg game possibly, but know, then man. you look at the 15th, I mean, play- it's yeah. the Capitals, the Carolina, then the next one's Florida. Florida, then Dallas again, and then Tampa Bay. So like that's Carolina, Carolina and Florida might put a five or six spot on the Predators, even if Soros is in the game. I'm just being dead honest. They absolutely could. That's that's a truth. So you know what? Maybe I retract my statement. Maybe 
this isn't the month for Riddick. <laughs> Maybe Riddick can uh, get some more relaxation in. I don't know. But uh, it's not shaping take, up for him to really get much at all. He can take the cracking game on March 2nd. Let's or get the Philly to, game on March 17th. Let's get to let's get to the next uh rest of season expectations and goals. And for me, it's pretty obvious. It's the elephant in the room. Get Philip Forsberg signed. Let's get this behind us. It's a pretty obvious expectation um, at this point. And I saw some chatter uh, from David Poyle on 102.5 The Game leading into the All-Star Weekend where he was saying he would really like to open up the line of communication with Forsberg's camp over the All-Star break. I haven't seen any other news on it since then. So I don't know what that means. All I know is all the power is in Forsberg's hands, both literally and figuratively at this point, because he's scoring goals every time he touches the puck, it seems like. But Pretty also much. he has a ton mm-hmm. of leverage on at the negotiating table right now. He does. He, I, I mean, remember just, I remember hearing the exact same thing. I saw a tweet that Poyle said he wanted to ramp up conversations. That's what I saw, with, yeah. With his with uh, Forsberg's manager or uh, agent. And yeah, I mean, get it done. Just, Just overpay him. You're going to have to overpay him. You're going to have to give him a long term deal. You're going to yeah. have to do it. When you have superstars, you hold on to your superstars. Yeah. What you kind of message? What kind of message would that send to not only your current team, but also what kind of message would that send to future prospective big yeah. name superstars who might want to come to Nashville? How, how yeah. bad would that look on the Preds front office if you have basically a lifelong Nashville Predator yeah. who's having the, a career season at age 27 and you don't pay him, you just let him go? Yeah. That would look really Man. bad on the organization. So I think you've, you're going to have to overpay him. Philip Forsberg struck while the iron was hot. You tip your cap. You give it to him. You might have to pay him $9 million a year. And you might have to pay that over six or seven year deal. Like it's going to be a long term deal. But if there's one player I trust to live up to a deal like that, it's Philip Forsberg. Oh, I agree 100%. And you look at you, you probably will have to give him at least $9 million because he, they gave Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne $8 million a season. And up until this season, those dudes haven't lived up to their contract. And, you know, Philip Forsberg's playing really well and deserves everything he gets this this year and whatever contract he's le- he gets, I mean he Phil Forsberg it. Phil Forsberg is leading the league in goals scored above expected. He's leading the yeah. entire league. Yeah. So just get it done. Do whatever just you got to do. You're going to have to overpay him, but you don't want this dark cloud hanging over you going into the NHL trade deadline as it gets closer and closer. I'm not yeah. saying the Predators are going to trade him. But I'm telling you, it's going to get louder and louder, and it's going to be more questions are going to be asked about it. The media is going to start asking questions about it nonstop. Yep. I know that David Poyle behind closed doors is probably working effortlessly to get this done. And he probably knows better than anybody right now that he is going to have to probably pay more than he would like to pay based on Forsberg's market value. But that's what happens when these players have these contract years and you've yep. just got to bow down and live with it, tip your cap to Forsberg. He picked the perfect timing to set himself up for a long and 
high payday. I mean, it's just. And whatever you do, do not let him walk. (laughs) That's what you're you're in danger of. Do not let him walk. That's for sure. If you lowball Forsberg with an offer and he rejects it, then you pretty much already lose him when you get to the offseason because he's going to be thinking, you already lowballed me once. Yeah. Yeah. And there's well, there, there's a t- there's a team or there's a team or two out there who will pay him handsomely. Oh, absolutely! They if will. the off season gets here. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. All right. Um, it's just it's just weird. Hopefully, here's my hopefully here's my here's my next uh, post All Star break <clears throat> season expectation. This is a more general statement, but it's I just feel like it scares me when I think about this. Don't mess with what's not. Broken. <laughs> yep. That's, I wrote Is that fair? It's absolutely fair. It, I wrote something similar to that. If you're going to add somebody, be super selective and don't make a bad decision. And you better be sure about it. Yeah. If because, you're even going to add somebody. Because what scares me about it is that they go out and get someone who on paper is an upgrade. You're yep. like looking at this player and you're like, yeah, that's an upgrade. We just got better. Mm-hmm. But you got just because it's an upgrade on paper doesn't mean that it's going to be an upgrade on the ice. It doesn't mean that it's not going to shake up the locker room, mess with line chemistry, uh, all of that stuff. And generally speaking, it takes a new player in a new team some time to get adjusted. They a lot of yeah. times these players, even when they're really good players, don't just come in and just instantly just start producing some of the really great players do, but it's, it can be very dicey and it can mess with line chemistry. And this team is just firing on all cylinders. They all play for each other. They all have each other's backs. So many of them are on pace to have career seasons. You go up and down the Preds roster. So many of them are on pace to set career highs in all these different categories. Yep. Do you really want to shake that up? You better be really sure about whatever player is you're looking to add if you do that. I do not <clears throat> really want to shake anything up at this point. Cause and we're going to talk about some players in a little bit that they could be shopping for, but you think about when they do add somebody, who who do you move? Who do you get rid of? You know, what well that, that there means. are a lot of really intriguing players out there. Don't get me wrong. A lot. There are. And the trade deadline is going to be – I think the trade deadline is going to be extra entertaining this year because mm-hmm. for the longest time there wasn't a lot of movement because of all the COVID uncertainty. Right. And I'm not saying the pandemic's over. I'm not saying any of that. But there is a little bit more certainty now. We're starting to get a little bit more control over this. And so I do think that GMs are going to be more emboldened this year to really make some moves and get aggressive – I think we're in for a very, very exciting trade deadline season this year. So So as we go through February, we might already see some trades leading up to it. But going into March, buckle in. I think it's going to be really exciting. There's going to be a lot of movement. I think so, too. I agree. Yeah. But we'll we'll save that for the end of the episode. Uh, Kyle Perkins will join us for that segment after he does Perks Picks. We'll round out the episode listing off all the top trade targets out there and if yep. they would fit for the Predators, how would they come to the Predators, who would we have to lose if we did add that player. That'll be a fun way to end episode 103. Yeah. All right, Something so I think we, 
You got another oh. one because I think we covered them all. Well, I think we covered the four that I had. It's it's not really a, a big huge thing, but it was just I wrote down just maintain their course what they're doing, but just clean up a few things like the stupid penalties they take. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, Rich. They they have to do that. They are who think, they are. I really think they have to do that. They're just going to have to continue to have a very reliable penalty kill. I think that's what they're going to have yeah. to do. That's their only I remedy. I don't think they're going to stop taking penalties. Yeah. But if but if uh, they but, but if they can can become a top 10 penalty kill along with having a top 10 power play, well then yeah. you can live with some of the penalties because they're killing off, they're killing them off. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I don't that's know. That's very true. But that's a, that's they're, they're, that's a good one. They're on a good they're they're on a good trajectory. They're doing really well, obviously better than we ever thought and if they can just maintain what they're doing, <clears throat> keep the lines together like he's been doing a really good job of doing that. Um, keep these guys healthy. Not don't have to put, you know, resort to using Ben Harper or anything on on defense. Um yeah, I think they're 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 doing I really mean, well. They can just keep that up. With the ex- exception of uncontrollable injuries, John Hines yeah. has really kept this this team very much yes. like stable when it comes to the lines. Because yep. we all remember last season and the season before, and when Laviolette yeah. was here, every game day was just shake just, up the lines and see what comes out. Yeah. So just, it's really it's really nice to pretty much know what you're going to get with this lineup. Yeah. Um, unless there's just some crazy injury that shakes things up, you pretty much know what line combinations you're going to get when this yeah. team is fully intact. Absolutely. And that is a great thing to have. And that's another reason why it scares me to death to think about adding a player. Because if you yeah. add a player, if you add one of these top trade targets, you are going to have to shake up these lines. There's just no way around it. Yeah. <clears throat> and I just don't – I mean, you think about how well – the top three lines are, are doing really well. And then the fourth does well, good, uh, good as well. But you know, who, who would you take out? That's the thing. Uh, just, we'll we'll save it for the wanna, end. We'll save it yeah, for the you end. You just don't want to replace anybody at this point. Maybe this is one episode one Oh three of catfish on ice. We appreciate everyone joining us on this Monday evening. We hope your work weeks got off to a great start. This is your host, Chad Benton with host rich. Howe. we've got our, Buddy and co-host Kyle Perkins joining us in just about 10 minutes from now for his edition of Perks Picks this week. He'll also finish out the rest of episode 103 with us. Can't wait to catch up with him. He's yep. always brings brings the heat and brings a fun time to Catfish and Ice. And so we will see him shortly. And Rich, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. It is... Since September, we've been waiting for this moment. You didn't even know what I was going into there, Rich. You were like, what I, moment? I think I got a, an idea what it might be. <clears throat> yeah, but so since September, ahead. we've been waiting for this moment. It is Super Bowl week. The LA Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals are getting yep. ready to face off against each other this week. And our sponsor, DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and Super Bowl 56, has you covered and is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. So you can flip your money quick, <laughs> bet just $5, and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If I was you, I would take the LA Rams, but I know there's a lot of people on the Cincinnati Bengals too. Either way, all you got to do is put up $5. And I'm hearing a really interesting thing that some people are doing. They're, uh, 
they're getting with their buddy or they're getting with their significant other and they're saying, you bet $5 on the one team and then I'll bet $5 on the other team and one of us is guaranteed to win $280. That makes sense. However you want to go about it, however you want to go about it, DraftKings has you covered with our exclusive offer using our promo code THPN. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets. If your team wins, that's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 and up minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for, for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. And void where prohibited. And also, you can see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. And if the sportsbook is not available yet in your state, you still have a chance at a lot of of prizes by playing daily fantasy for Super Bowl 56 and new customers are getting a free shot at $1 million top prize with their first deposit as well. So lots going on for Super Bowl 56 and the DraftKings Sportsbook app with our promo code THPN this week. So go do it. Yeah. I will definitely be watching the Super Bowl. I haven't kept up with football much, but I always watch the Super Bowl. So. Well, it should be a good one. I'm actually really excited about it, too. I like seeing two teams that – well, some people thought the Rams might have made it this year, but no one saw the Cincinnati Bengals come. No, absolutely not. Not after and the way they Let's just the say season. that maybe the Predators can go down a similar path. No one saw the Bengals come <clears> this year, and they made it all the way. Let's see if the Predators can do the same thing. I hope so, man. Exciting. That would be so All exciting. right, right before Kyle joins us, Kyle Perkins of Renegades of Puck and also of Catfish on Ice. He's a two-way player. Yeah. He actually did a um, a recorded spot for Renegades of Puck the other day. I don't know if you saw it or Good not. Good for him. He, uh, I got to check was, it out. I've not seen it. I was I was uh, texting him back and forth, and he said, I had to record it like 10 times. I was super yeah, nervous. it's tough. It's really hard. It yeah. is well, so we, hard. We really appreciate all the good work that Renegades of Puck does Another. Local yep. Preds podcast that does really outstanding work is wildly popular in this market. They yep. put out a lot of cool merchandise. They put out really good unfiltered Preds topics, just like we do here on Catfish and Ice. So we really appreciate them. And Kyle Perkins does good work for them as well yep. as good work for us. And we really are thankful when he joins us. So he's about mm-hmm. to join us. Until then, let's go ahead and do our clutch performers of the week, which is only yep. one game, but it is still Monday. And we're not going to skip over our clutch performers of the week. So yep. let's do it. Rich, this was pretty easy for me this week. I don't know if it was easy for you. Uh, we'll see. Much. We'll see if you agree with my uh, list. Yep. I went with number one. Or let's go. No, let's go the other way. Three. Number three. Yep. Yep. Tanner Janot was my number three pick for clutch performers this week. He had one goal, four hits, two shots on goal <clears> against <throat> the Canucks. And he's sticking around in that Calder trophy race. Yep. With that goal he scored against Vancouver. That was a good goal. It was awesome. Was that the one? There might have been was that the one that put was that put that put the Preds like, up. That put the Preds up four to two just less than two minutes into the third period. 
Yeah, there was one where I don't know if it was on TV or not, but it looked like Vancouver was going to challenge. They took them a long time to like drop the puck after after the Predator scored. I think I don't remember. If I don't think that, that was his goal. Yeah, I don't think it was either. I think it was the third. But one I do one remember either. the player talking about. Yeah, I was just kind of like, what is happening? I couldn't yeah. figure out what was going on. It was weird. On, the, the broadcast couldn't figure it out either. Yeah, I don't think – yeah, I, I didn't even know what was happening. So, All right, yeah, my number good. number two clutch performer of the week for me, making his first appearance on my clutch performers Uh-oh. this season. And that is Ryan Johansson. I had to put him in there. The reason why I put him on the list this week, of course, we're just reacting to the one game. But he was the one that got the scoring started for the Predators. They were down one nothing to the Canucks in this game. They opened up a little bit shaky. Rich, you were at that game, so you can expand on this because you were there. But I thought that was a really clutch goal that Ryan Johansson scored. The Preds were just wrapping up a penalty kill on the, on the Canucks. And Ryan Johansson skates up the boards past mid-ice, scoops up the puck, it's just him and Thatcher Demko, and yep. with an exclamation point, he he pinpoint knocks it over shoulder over Demko's glove, and the puck was well behind the goaltender before Demko even knew it. What hit him? That's when you yeah. know. That's when you know you beat a goaltender clean when the goaltender looks behind him and doesn't even know what happened. It was that's great. exactly what happened on that goal. It was great because, like you said, it was kind of a breakaway, and yeah, man, it was the place went nuts. Went went absolutely crazy, and then Forsberg, of course, scored not long after that. And well, that's, that was that's great. After that's the definition of clutch for me. When you <clears throat> score in that yeah. situation, when your team's down one nothing, you need a yep. response. You know it's your last game for a while going into the All Star break, so you need some good momentum going in. You don't want to go into the All Star break on a sour note. That was a that was a crucial goal to get the Preds rolling in that game. Yes. They never looked. They never really looked back. After Mm-mm. that goal, they really no. they really started firing on all cylinders after Johansson kind of woke the team up with that goal. He also performed well in the faceoff circle that night, fifty five percent faceoff circle win percentage. So he was contributing in other areas as well. Had a hit in that game, but it's pretty simple here. This isn't rocket science. Our number one clutch performer of the week is Philip Forsberg. He scored two goals, had five shots on goal even added four hits to his resume yep. that night. And, yep. you know, Phil Forsberg is pretty much making these multi-point games like just normal business, business as usual. I've almost come to expect Forsberg to score two points every game the way he's playing right now. I agree 100%. That's a good choice. I mean, he was awesome that night, that's for sure. It was uh, the that one goal he had – well, I'm going to – that it's going to give away my – he's obviously my number one clutch performer. That one was just a straight up just from Ovechkin's office. Yep. Hard slap shot, and it just mm-hmm. – Demko, Demko had no no chance at even stopping that. So, yeah, it was – that was amazing. That was that was crazy. That was the one that put him up two to one, right. I believe. Are you going to awesome. take anyone off? So do you agree with my list, or do you have someone you threw in? So, I threw in Saros again as number three. I know he let in that one. I know. I know he let in that one, but – and he's still playing really well. He's he, still he played awesome well. Everywhere. He played well, but he only faced 32 shots. 
It didn't take Whoops. a it, it didn't take a you know a Man. gigantic a performance. And Not I just gigantic, thought, you, but they started getting pretty. They started shooting they a did. lot more toward the end. So they did. He and you, know, you can always make an argument. Him. You can always make an argument for the goaltender when they only give up two goals in a game in any yeah. hockey game. Yeah. But I, I felt like I had to give Tanner Janot some love this week, you know, because yeah. he is sticking around in this Calder Trophy race. A lot of people thought that he would eventually fade and that he wouldn't be able to keep up his goal pace. But the guy keeps figuring out ways to score goals on top yeah. of everything else he does on a, yeah. in very limited ice time in a lot of situations where he's not in the offensive zone. And yet he still has 14 goals. And I mean, if he breaks the twenty goal mark in his rookie year, oh, oh my gosh, that's just amazing stuff from an undrafted, an undrafted player like Tanner Janot. So I had to put him at number three this week. Yeah, Soros, Soros has been on every clutch performers list this year. So I, I figured I'd give Soros yeah. a break from the list and uh, <laughs> let let awesome. Ryan jo- let Ryan Johansson get a taste of the clutch performers list for a change. And then threw Tanner Janot in there, which I think Janot's been on there at least once, I think. But uh, Oh, I think he has been. So but, my uh, number two, I gave it to all the guys, eight different guys who got primary and secondary assists. What? You can't do that. I can. I did. I put them on the list. I got to write That's some awesome. rules down. All, I got to write some rules guys, down. All of them, each of them had an assist. It was spread out nice and even. It's clutch, man. When you spread out all I'm that, sure, nice I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to write down the list for the rules right. on clutch performance. All right, write them down. You cannot pick more than three players. Okay, I won't do it. Well, I picked eight that time, so <laughs> okay. But you know, fair enough. Fair At enough. At least you got Forsberg right. Again. I did get Forsberg right. That's yeah. that's a good. That's a good. good if you one, didn't put but. Forsberg at number one, I was going to question whether you were even at the game. Oh, I was there. It was amazing. So awesome. I got um I sent a tweet to Crazy Kyle and asked him to play a song and he played it. So that was pretty I saw cool. that. That was really cool. Yeah. I always like to hear him play that rush song subdivisions. And he Yeah. He always that does it, awesome. man. It's really cool of him to do Crazy that. Crazy Kyle is the man. He's he's oh, man. just we're hoping to get him on soon. Like Yeah, we're hoping ends, so we're hoping that once because a lot of these guests that feature guests yeah. that we want to get on. They are slam busy covering oh, yeah. the Preds as well and working alongside the Preds. And so we hope to get some really outstanding future guests uh, coming up later on when the season dies down, yeah. probably in the off season. But uh, we are working hard to get more future Hoping. guests on the show. We yeah. will keep you updated on all that. We do have a really awesome friend of the show and guest coming up. For Thursday's episode, and that is Max Ritz, who is on the Squadcast and is also a diehard Los Angeles Rams fan. So he, he sure is, is. Uh, he's feeling really good right now because he's got his National Predators playing great and he's got his LA Rams in the Super Bowl. So we're going to get caught up with him. It's been a while since we've gotten a chance to talk to him. He has been on the podcast in the past, and we really invite everyone to go check out what he does on the Squadcast where they cover a lot of different uh, topics yeah. in sports. So he is going to be um, a great guest that will be featured in Thursday's episode, episode 104, 
We will yeah. be talking to him later this week and that his interview will be included in our next episode. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Can't wait to catch up with uh, our those boy, dudes, Ritzy. Those dudes cover baseball, football, hockey, everything. like everything. Yeah, the whole yep. nine yards. So, so, all, so everyone go check out the squadcast. Uh, they do yeah. good work. And Max Ritz will be joining us later yep. this week for that. So that'll be awesome. Another Canadian friend. Yes. A Canadian yeah. friend who is a Predators fan. I love it. Yeah. I actually asked him about that, and he um, said he became a Predators fan when um, Paul Correa was on the team. So yeah. that was pretty cool. He actually going, had a, that is he's going got a Korea way back. jersey. So, yeah, it sure is. That's going he way back. Korea uh, Predators jersey, I believe. So, yeah, he – Nice collector's item right. there, I think. I, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. Like when I talked to him, I was like, You live in like the hockey mecca. Like Canadians are just born loving hockey, and like you picked like a, a team that is a southern team that <clears throat> is uh you know hadn't yeah. been around forever, like the Maple Leafs or those other teams. So mm-hmm. just kind of funny. <clears throat> All right. As we wait for Kyle to join us, he's getting ready to join us in just a couple minutes. Any second now, he will be joining us. Rich, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about this Stars game on Wednesday? Let's do a quick little preview while we got a couple minutes here. The Stars, we say it all the time in our power rankings. They're a team that's hard to figure out. They're like the helter skelter of the division. What yep. are we thinking here? There's bad blood between these two teams. They do not like each other way more so than other teams. I expect a slugfest. I expect a lot of trips to the penalty box. I expect. I'm not saying it's going to be a low-scoring game necessarily because I think it's. Right. But I do think the game is going to be dominated by special teams. That's kind of what I I'm agree. expecting out of this one. I expect the exact same thing. We all know how much they hate each other. Um, there's always lots of pushing and shoving and after the whistle stuff. So I don't expect anything different this game. Um, the stars could definitely hurt Nashville's feelings if they're not careful. So. They're going and to have to as, as uh, much problems as the, as many problems as the stars have had this year. They've still got they've got the sixth ranked power play in the league. The Predators have the seventh ranked power play in the league. Now yeah. look at this: the Predators have gotten all the way up to eleventh in the penalty kill. I would have never believed that. Whereas the, <coughs> whereas the stars awesome. are twenty, the stars are twenty fifth in the league in penalty kill. So that's good. That's 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 good. good. That's good. Also, the Preds are seventh in the league in goals against per game, whereas the Stars are way back at 20th. So the Stars, for the longest time, were like one of the stingiest defensive teams in the league, but they're just not showing it as much this year. They've not been their normal self. We'll have to wait and see who's in net for them, Braden Holtby or Jake Ottinger, but uh, we'll wait and see. But, uh, yeah, no love lost between these two teams. Sign me up for Dallas? Dallas Preds, man, what do you think? Uh, I think it's going to be a slugfest. There you go. Yep, that's what I just said. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure there'll be some fisticuffs involved in this one before. Those uh, all the, said and those, pen, those penalty box seats will be nice and warm because I think there'll be a lot of trips. As uh, as Ann Kimmel always says, uh, there's no snacks in there, but I have a feeling they're going to be looking for snacks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> just don't like each other those mm-hmm. those two teams it, it just always seems like there's always animosity and with with the crew the preds has this year they can actually fire back instead of just yep. being kind of along for and the i mean that we still a lot of there's still a lot of games left 
coming out of the All-Star break. But I do think the Stars are starting to get close to desperation mode. If, if they're going to make the playoffs, like they're, they're within, they're not completely out of it yet, but if they, they're one long losing streak away from being buried so far back, if I don't think yeah. they'd be able to make it back. So they're kind of in desperation mode right now. So if I'm the predators, you better be ready for their best game. You better not mm-hmm. come out of the all-star break flat. And that's what I'm a little worried about is that this, we might come out a little bit flat and the stars are more than capable of jumping on the predators early so we got to avoid that flat opening to open yeah. the game. Yeah, they they've struggled a couple of times after a long rest. Uh, hopefully, they've kind of got over that now. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll, I guess we'll see on Wednesday night. But that's a rough one to come back on. That's like having a final on your first day of class. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do, I think the I do think the stars are much better than their record. So we better yeah. take them seriously. Yeah, that's not they've a lightweight a, game. No. They've got a lot of ground to make up, though, the Stars do. Mm-hmm. So they've got 48 points right now in fifth place, and St. Louis has 57. So they've got a few games in hand, but that's a lot of ground if you think about it. They're a, they're a bad game or two away from being sellers, and uh, that's pretty wild for a team that was in the Cup two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they got yeah, the that, big defenseman John Klingberg as their top top uh, selling point. So yeah. uh, we'll talk about he that was, a little bit later as we're going to run through the list of players absolutely. and just if they fit for if they would fit for the Predators, it, it, what would we have to do if, if they did sign these players? We'll run through that list after Perks picks. But let's start off right now with Perks picks. And Kyle, go ahead and give us your first pick of the week. Perks picks. Our first one, and he's he's generally a mainstay on here. UC Soros, um, the boy's just good at hockey. I mean, he hockey's pretty good. He hockey's really well. Yes, very that, mustache, that mustache is starting to look really good too. There, Kyle, it's yeah. starting to become iconic. It's kind it of his thing. His mustache is even more mustache than Phil's mustache, and that's saying something. Those yeah. All Star Game picks with him and Roman Yossi just made my heart all warm and fuzzy inside. Oh so yeah, see, man, so awesome. <laughs> And he, UC's just like he's he has this clean cut, really sweet looking demeanor. And then he's got the Magnum PI stash and he's got the forearm tattoos. So it none of it mixes well, none of it meshes. He almost and it, he almost Soros almost looks like he just shaved for the first time and it's all nice <laughs> and baby oiled and cleaned up. But someone came and put a fake mustache on his face. Yes, it it looks like he has a, <laughs> a woolly worm. He's trying to predict next winter <laughs> by his mustache right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, uh, but oh, he's man. got over the last five games, his average save percentage is a nine fifty. That's that's pretty that's, good. That's good. And that's there's good a game time. against Edmonton in there, and, and I, I know Edmonton's bad. But <laughs> they still have Connor McDavid and Leon Drysital, and. You still, I actually, I think that was one of his highest save percentage games with like a nine seventy four. Mm. Um, it's just, it's unreal. And I'm the only thing I'm really worried about is down the stretch. Is he going to get tired? Yeah. And that's what we were I know, talking about earlier. Yep, Kyle. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. That's that's a bit worrisome. Um, and when so you look at the schedule, where would you? Rest him. You don't want. You don't want Soros. 
I want to ask what you think about it, Kyle. Here's what worries me is that he starts getting worn down and goes through a um, a little bit of a of a rough patch at the worst timing, like the last two weeks of the season when you're when you're trying to get a top three division spot. Because I, I I feel pretty confident that they're going to get a playoff spot. I'm worried about them falling into that wild card spot, barely making it into the playoffs at the wrong. At, by the skin of their teeth type of thing. And if a worn down sorrows going into the last couple weeks of the season, um, and it, it really does worry me and it could cost mm-hmm. the predators maybe having home ice mm-hmm. advantage for the first round yep. or it could push them back into the wild card. Then you're talking about having to face Colorado possibly in the first round. So uh, that's kind of what you're thinking too, right Kyle? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Especially if, uh, the team gets to pushing in front of them. If they're like, we have to win these games and they start going a little bit over and doing a little bit too much and they loosen up their defensive system to try and score more goals to win the games, Mm. then you're really going to be in a bad, bad situation because he's going to be seeing 50 shots a game and he's tired. And that's just, that is not a winning recipe. No, I still, yeah. I, I honestly don't know he, how he's held up as well as he's held up so far with as much work as he's getting. It's, yeah, I saw it's the, a, I saw the crazy stat today that Soros has faced the most shots in the league of any goaltender by almost a hundred to the next person behind him. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, but. We, we were also looking at the schedule, and it kind of made me retract my statement a little bit. I was trying to say, like, David Riddick needs to get a uh, – he needs to start getting a few more starts on, on a regular basis. But then I look at this February schedule, and you've got a bunch of instances where there's two days off between games. You've even got a three-day break, and there's no back-to-backs. So <clears throat> why would you – there, it's very likely that just because of the, the way the schedule's laid out that the Predators aren't going to need – to use David Riddick at all, and that Soros is going to get some decent rest anyway just because of the way the schedule is laid out. Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule right now, and comparative to a lot of the other teams, Nashville has a really light schedule in February. They do. But you look at March March and April, and it bounces back out, and that's when you're going to have to see a lot more David Riddick. Uh, mm-hmm. But then you're talking about a goaltender who hasn't played hardly in two months. You really can you trust uh, David Riddick to be thrown in randomly in March? To I mean, it's just it's kind of a tough situation. I still feel like you need to find a way to maybe get Riddick a start or two in February. But then you look at the opponents that makes you nervous. You really going to throw Riddick in against Carolina or Florida or Washington? Probably uh, not. There, there's not so, a game in February I would put David in. So it's the UC Soros show, just as usual. Like maybe the Winnipeg uh, yeah. game. No. Maybe Winnipeg. Maybe no, I don't think I, so. No, but that's that's a Saturday night though. game in Nashville. Yeah. That's not I, gonna I, happen. Yep, you're right. <laughs> that's absolutely true. Riddick, uh, David Riddick can just go ahead and kick his feet back a little bit, and uh, we'll see you in March. Yeah, yeah. But uh, hate that for the dude, but. It is what it is, you know. Let's get to Maybe. your let's get your next pick there, Kyle. All right, we'll go ahead. Uh, just an update on Mister Janot. He still relieves all rookies with fourteen goals, 
13 of those at even strength. The only one even close to him at even strength goals is Michael Bunting from uh, Toronto, who oh, has wow. 11. Uh, I think Lucas Raymond has maybe eight. He's scoring the majority of his on the power play. Uh, and it's it's nice to see every time you hear the Calder brought up now, it seems like begrudgingly somebody has to mention Tanner. <laughs> Uh, except for a, except for a couple people, Stu Grimson was is all for it, and just you've got a few commentators around. It's like, hey, I love this kid. I like how he plays. He's he's the best all around player in the Calder race this year. Uh, it's just nice to see that he's actually getting a little bit of respect now, uh, yeah. versus oh, he's just a third fourth liner. Uh, you know who's uh. Here's who everyone's starting to get behind for the nationally speaking for the Norris Trophy or Norris Trophy for the uh, for the Calder Trophy, and that's Moritz Sider. He's, he's getting excellent. a lot of traction. He's getting mm-hmm. a lot of traction. He's a def- you know a rookie defenseman is really popular to pick as a Calder Trophy winner. Yeah, and he and a lot of people are trying to say this kid's got future Norris Trophy aspirations. That's why I was thinking Norris Trophy there for a second, but uh, definitely he's kind of starting to take the lead over Lucas Raymond and. Uh, Trevor Zegers in terms of the Calder Trophy race. I'd be all for that. Uh, I believe Sider is a better player than Raymond and Zegers. Uh, mm-hmm. 100% believe that. Uh, but it's, once again, it's hard for a defenseman to beat out forwards for an award. Right. It's just, yeah. it's a popularity contest. Trevor Zegers. It also comes down thinks. to, it also comes down to, and you're not going to change my mind on this. I really do think that Sometimes it gets a little subjective with these with this voting, and you look at a big market original six team like the Detroit Red Wings, and I'm not saying that they would intentionally not vote for Tanner Janot because of that, but I'm just telling you, a lot of times these big market original six teams just seem to get uh, more benefit of the doubt. And so if they can make a Detroit Red Wings defenseman, and I'm not saying he's, like I said, don't twist my words. Mort Sider is very deserving if he wins it. But I'm just saying it's a little bit harder for a Tanner Janot for a small market team like the National Predators. He's really got to prove it. He's really going to have to go above and beyond to where he doesn't give anyone a, a, a choice but to vote for him. So how many times would Shea Weber have won a Norris Trophy if he'd have played in Detroit? Yeah, perfect example right there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, if you look at it overall, it's even like people are just now within the past three weeks talking about UC Soros on a regular basis. On a national level. Yeah. On a national, on a national level. And we, he, we've and been talking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what that's like, my point. Like, and and a lot of credit goes him. a lot of credit goes to Kyle yeah. because he he really started this conversation on this podcast before anyone was doing it. Yeah. Uh, so he he put out that big uh, tweet, that graphic that got us all fired up, and that was forever ago. That was like, yeah. dude, how long ago was that? And, That's a good month ago. Yeah. And it's like now people are just now on a national level, like on your NHL networks and on your ESPNs, you're finally starting to see um, people nationally uh, talk about it. On the last game that the Preds played on ESPN Plus, they uh, talked about it a lot after the game. Mm-hmm. In their post game show, so he's starting to get some attention now nationally. But we've been talking about it, and locally, some other people have been talking about it for a while now. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, just like Yossi getting in the All Star game. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. Yossi should have been an all star before uh, Nathan before. McKinnon's injury. Uh, but unfortunately, the way they do the selection process and how yeah. your team's got to get a player, that's the only reason he didn't get in because of the stupid selection process. Yeah. Everybody, the whole everybody gets a trophy thing is just, it's like, come on now, pick the best players. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, no. do we have to really worry about hurting people's feelings here? Like, let's put the best players in there. There's yeah. no reason why one of the world's best defensemen should not be an all star. Like, let's not overcomplicate yeah. this, like the NHL oh, always likes to do. The NHL uh, wants exposure for all the teams, and they feel, I bet that's exactly why. Yeah. If you didn't put, you know, somebody in because they didn't deserve it, then that team doesn't. But that's not a true. That is not oh, a I true all star. That's not a true all star game. Then you need to call it something else. One hundred percent agree. If you're just picking a player because you have to pick everyone, then that's yeah, yeah that's not all star. Yeah, that's like nope. I don't know what you call it. But uh, anyway, we won't turn it. We won't. I, I might rant a little too long, and we'll be here all that's night. All right. So. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if y'all saw it, uh, but the NHL announced they're going to do the uh, international series again. I Uh, saw that. uh, So, and they are, what they said, one of them is going to be in Switzerland. So the heavy favorite for that game is Nashville. Uh, I love that. So didn't uh, Nashville was supposed to play overseas before. They're supposed to play Boston. COVID thing. Uh, Yep. Before COVID. And, uh, who are they saying? Maybe the Devils is the other team that would be mm-hmm. for Switzerland because mm-hmm. of Heesher. Oh, uh, yeah. Because they're both that would be cool. captained by Swiss players. Uh, so that would be pretty sweet. Or uh, that would be really who's cool. The other team they got. It was. I can't remember. I can't remember the other team that got brought up, but it was def- definitely Nashville uh, because of Yossi and how high profile he is overseas. Yeah. Um, anyways, I'll move on to my next one, and uh, that's Philip Scoresberg. <laughs> Scoresberg. Scoresberg. Scoresberg has thirty-eight points in thirty-two games. The man is on a mission. Twenty-four goals. He's had five goals in his last four games. He absolutely looks like a threat every single time he comes down the ice. It's just. It's been something else to watch. It the man's in running for first star of the game every single night. It's David Poole, get your pen out, man. Come on. And it's his. Yeah. What I love about it too is I feel like he's scoring in so many different ways. Like he he's a, scored he's a, a variety shot goal. He is a yes. variety type of goal. He's a variety type of goal scorer this year. He he'll get in he'll get in close to the net and battle for a rebound if he needs to. He's hanging out in Ovechkin's office, like Rich was saying, and doing these one timers on the power play. I mean, he's he's getting on breakaways. He's putting hits out there. He had four hits in the in the last game against Vancouver. I mean, he's yep. just doing it all, man. He looks so focused. And I mean, it's a contract year, so of course he's focused. But I actually don't think that Forsberg is that type of player where he's just playing for himself. I really do think he he loves this franchise and he loves this city, and he wants to perform well for this city. But he's just all the powers in his hands, and so um, yeah, Poyle's going to have to pay him what he what he's owed. I mean, even if yeah. it's a little more than you what you want to do. He loves oh. the city so much. He lives right by Bridgestone Arena. So there you go. 
okay. I mean, there you go. He loves it that much. Yeah, if you, I've follow uh, our uh, Instagram account follows him and his uh, fiance, and she posts pics from their window, and you can clearly see Bridgestone from their window of where they live. So he likes it that much. He lives down right downtown. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one timer he scored the other day. I don't know oh, that yeah. I've ever watched him take a one timer in my entire time of being a fan. Oh, it that, was so pretty though, wasn't it? It gave me oh, chills just watching. It, it was beautiful, but I've never seen him wind up and take one. It's yeah. always Phil always takes wristers and backhanders. I've never seen him just unleash a bomb, and it's nice to know that's in the arsenal. If pulling he out it. all the stops. <laughs> Yeah, Demko I mean, didn't have a it, chance to do that one. I mean, no. How often have the Predators had a Ford that can do that on the power play? I mean, they had Shea Weber for years who would do that, but he would crank it from like near the blue yeah. line. He wouldn't Ellis. be down there. He wouldn't be down there in the circle like that. He'd be more up right. top doing it. But uh, is when it comes to like a Ford or a winger, very few. T- I mean, it's uh, it's really hard to name players who have. You know, giving you that. For this we got to give a guy credit though, Philippe Myers on the one that Matt Duchesne yeah. scored. Yeah, he's been playing well lately. Bomb. Mm-hmm. That was a cannon shot right there. Yeah, that, yeah, that would have hurt. I loved how he is. One. He has really stepped up his play lately. Yes, Philippe he Myers. Yeah, he's earning himself. Uh, I mean, I know he's playing in Dante Fabro's absence, but I mean, what uh, are you going to do? Was out. He played with Boro. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Benning that's was hurt. Benning's hurt. I think we like have that. a if if they decide to re-sign Benning and Boro and let Ferentz and some of those guys develop a little bit more. I don't know if they will or they won't. Then Myers is an excellent seventh defenseman. I think Benning's gone. If you made me guess right now, I, I would I would say Benning's not signed. I would rather keep. Uh, Bor- uh, Borowiecki out of the two. I really wouldn't like to lose either one of them, but it's. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be kind of hard to keep both of those vet, both mm-hmm. of those players, and then still justify a way to keep uh, Fleet Myers, who was part of the Ryan Ellis trade. You want to get the most out of him you can, and he's still got one more year left on his on his deal. And then you, like you said, Kyle, you got your prospects: Jeremy Davies, David Ferentz, who you're going to eventually want to find room for. So I just don't see how you're going to be able to keep everybody. And so probably Benning is or Borowiecki, but I would rather keep Borowiecki just because he's a little bit more rugged and more of a veteran who I can trust just a little bit more than, um, than Benning. But I really appreciated what Benning's done too. He's been really a quality, solid depth defenseman too. So uh, um, he might, he might, he's the cheaper of the two if they decide to keep him, but yep. You know, he's at one million this year and we'll probably want a little bit of a raise, I'm sure, like you said. So. I don't think so. He's yeah, earned it. So. Uh, he'll probably uh, earn it from another team, though, maybe. Is <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. Yep. So we'll keep on going. And our my last two, um, y'all know I like to watch a lot of the other leagues and Predators prospects and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one, Connor Ingram. Oh, oh, yeah. No. I thought I knew what you were about to say. Oh, I guarantee you do, but I, I'd say it's the first one. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Connor Ingram has been on a man on a mission 
uh, three shutouts in four games, AHL player of the week, uh, has, I don't know if y'all have seen any of the highlights of these games. He's absolutely looked like Superman on some of these saves he's doing, like laid out stick save all the way across the other side of the crease. Just it's the Connor Ingram that was playing before all the COVID before the COVID and all of his issues and everything yep. else. It, it's, it's really, really, I think I to see, I think I saw somewhere where he, he was on a stretch of making 95 of 96 saves or something like yeah. that. Like, yeah, it was insane. absolutely insane. I think he uh, was at one point, I don't know how long it lasted, but it was like 179 minutes without letting in a goal straight something mm-hmm. like that. And I think it was even longer than that, but yeah. And he's, it's He's making a case for a, a Saros Ingram duo next year, that's for sure. Oh, well, there's I, no case to be had on that one. That's happening. Yeah, I, I'm going to yeah. go ahead and I'll I'll put if I was a betting man, I would put mm-hmm. some money on that right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's all that makes I'm sense. I'm all right with it. That's point. awesome. Yeah, it'd be um, good. So it's awesome to see Connor having that success. Uh, and how, and how, I mean, how spoiled have we been for this team's history when it comes to the goalie pipeline that this team has always had? I mean, it's just, it, it, it kind of reminds you to like the same equation of an NFL team that always has a great starting quarterback for their entire mm-hmm. history. Like they go from one great starting quarterback to another. Well, you got the Predators who even – like they had Thomas Vokun for all those years. Then they even had Chris Mason who put some good years for him, our buddy – our 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 good friend Chris Mason. And then, of course, uh, then they get Pecorine in there, of course. And then Saros comes in. And then you've got Connor Ingram. And then you've got a top goalie prospect, Iroslav Askarov. It's like they just keep pumping in the goaltenders. And that's – you can check that box off. That's a big thing for a team to remain competitive, and that's why they've went to seven straight playoffs. It's because they've yep. always had the goaltender yeah. position figured out. How many uh, playoffs did Henrik Lundqvist drag the Rangers to? <laughs> oh, man. Did you a see bunch. him playing the guitar, by the way? That was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it is pretty I cool. I love Hank. I'm he was, like, cool. grooving, man. He was, he's was. he got, like, the most perfect, like, sleek back hair. He just looks like a – so cool and just so laid back. He's just sitting there oh, jamming away on his yeah. guitar. He has a band, and they will yeah. randomly play bars in New York. Like That's they'll cool. just so cool. They won't yeah. advertise it. It'll just be Henrik and his band up there playing. Yeah, and yeah. So, and he got his like jersey it, yeah. retired, which was really cool to see. Yeah. And of I course, think the Peck- Rangers. Peck- I was just going to say, I think the Rangers, that was like a custom guitar that had the, the Rangers on it or something that he was playing yeah. that they gave him. Yes, and the the David Gunnarsson, who paints UC's masks and Pekka's mask, also paints uh, uh, Lundqvist's mask, uh, paints most of the masks in NHL, honestly. That's cool. He yeah. painted the guitar. Oh, that's cool. No, that's so, awesome, yeah. so Because he, he delivered it to him. That's very cool. We got we got Pekka's jersey retirement coming up soon here. Oh, won't That's be a dry in the house. No. <laughs> and that will be against Dallas. So perfect team mm, to do it against. Yeah. Bridge Bridgestone Arena is the house that Pekka built. Uh, February twenty fourth. Mark your calendars, everybody, if you haven't already. Good luck getting a ticket to that game. But February twenty fourth, it's yeah. on a Thursday. We will be doing a live episode. 
for that. Yep. So stay tuned. That's going to be a fun episode. It might be dusty in the house. So, Oh, my packing the Rene jersey is definitely yeah. coming out for that one. Yeah, definitely. For a little, sure. A little allergies going on. A little allergies going on. All of us be red-eyed. Um. All right, yeah. your top pick. I think I think I know what you're gonna say I here, but I'm gonna let you. That would be Mr. Luke Evangelista. Yes. Yeah. For someone who is considered a non-creative offensive talent, uh, in his draft year was pretty underwhelming. In his draft year, just they gave him no credit. Really, uh, played on a loaded London Knights team, but he was a lower line player. Um, well, this year he's the captain of the London Knights, who is one of the premier teams in the OHL. He has 64 points in 31 games. That's pretty insane. 32 goals and 32 assists. Yes. In, <laughs> in four days over the weekend, he had six goals and four assists. Video game games. numbers. Video, Video game, game numbers. numbers. So I, I went back and I looked at something. So we all know who Mitch Marner is that plays for the Leafs. He was Mitch was also a captain of the London Knights. Mm. So I went back and looked at Mitch's numbers and see where they compared. Of course, I like Mitch this investigative a, reporting you're doing here. Yeah, Kyle. man, right. So Mitch had, of course, a lot more games. He had 57 games played versus Luke and his 31, but. As far as points per game, Mitch has 2.03 and Luke has 2.06 points per game. Hmm. Good company. Now, now Mitchell, here, Mitchell makes a lot of money. Mitchell makes a whole lot of money, and I really yeah, like does. Mitch Marner. Yeah, um, and it looks like Austin Matthews got hurt pretty bad. Uh, cool. Anyways. Anyway. That's not good. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I just saw it pop up. He got hit in the head. Um, oh, uh-oh. Anyway, the Leafs did beat the Hurricanes in over in overtime, though, so that's a pretty big statement win for them. Um, let's but let's see you do it in the playoffs. Anyway, okay, that's back that's to Luke Evangelista. Back so, to Evangelista. You look at the goal scoring pace that Evangelista's on. Uh, for Marner's captainship year, he had 0.68 goals per game. Luke has 1.03 goals per game, <laughs> so he is averaging above a goal per game that's absolutely nuts i don't care what <laughs> league you're on or what league you're in that's that's just crazy our friend justin says mitch won the game tonight for the leafs look at there yeah uh i like that guy too he's yeah. he's one from there i wouldn't mind having in nashville but mm -hmm. uh it's just it's cool to see you go back and you look at some of these historical players. Like Absolutely. you look at Connor McDavid's OHL numbers when he played at the Erie Otters, and they're absolutely out of this. Like nobody's going to be near that. Yeah. He's close to three points per game. It's just it's you see ridiculous. you do see not to take anything away from Evangelista, but you do see a lot of players tend to they rip apart a team a league like the OHL. It's not as physical. It's not as big of a league. There is a lot more um, scoring chances and scoring opportunities in that league, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. The big test – I'm not taking anything away from him. What he's doing is incredible, like I said, no matter what league he's playing in. But 
it's going to be really the real measuring stick is going to obviously be when he gets to Milwaukee and when you get to the AHL because that league gets a lot more physical. The AHL is a very grinded out, hard-hitting league. You've got a lot of career AHL veteran-type players, who journeyman-type players who will rough you up. They're never going to make the NHL, but they will make it really hard on these prospects to make it to the NHL while on their way there, if you know what I mean. So that's going to be a measuring stick time for Evangelista. I'm really interested to see once he gets to Milwaukee. I guess that would be next season. I'd really be interested to see. uh, I I don't think he'll keep up his current goal pace, but I would like to see if he could still, you know, keep up a pretty high goal pace. Um, He's a little undersized. Let's be honest. He's yeah. Yeah. I just thing. looked up um, another guy we could compare to, and that's Taylor Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, Taylor, in his last OHL year, 57 games played, 40 goals, 66 assists. Wow. So, <laughs> Well, even Tom, didn't, didn't uh, Tomasino put up over 100 points in the OHL? I want to say so. I think uh, so. Yeah, I he believe was, you're right. He was, that's, we, we've been comparing Evangelist. Not really in the way they don't play exactly the same way. I'm not saying that, but we've been comparing uh, where Evangelista is at right now with what we went through with Tomasino because we all yeah. that's when Tomasino burst onto the scene was when he mm-hmm. was tearing up the OHL. Uh, and if Kyle, if you want to look up what those what Tomasino did in the OHL, I'm pretty sure he did over 100 points right before he came um, over. Yeah, uh, hold on. I, I can he got it up traded, too. so I got to add it up. Uh, oh, we're doing math on here. Watch out. We did enough yeah, math earlier in this uh, earlier oh. in this episode. It didn't go well. It did <laughs> not go well at all. So he, oh yeah, boy, there is math. <laughs> That's a lot of math. I'm not going to do it. You can do it. You probably already started. <laughs> Carry the two, divide by three. <laughs> anyway. So he played 62 games. Had forty goals. Uh, yeah. Yep. So, so Luke is going to outscore him goal wise. Uh, he actually had a hundred. He points. was right at a hundred points. Yeah, hundred points even. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He split. He split time with Niagara and Oshawa. Yeah. I knew. I knew he came yeah. right close to a hundred points that year. Yep. He, he. I mean, he had. 60 assists that year. So that's close to Taylor Hall territory with the 66 yeah. assist. So uh, And then when he yeah. when he played for Chicago, 29 games, 32 points in those 29 games, so that's pretty So strong. he showed he could do it. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So if 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 Evangelista continues <clears throat> on the similar path that Tom Sino's on, mm-hmm. let's see what he can do in the AHL. That's all I'm saying. But it's really exciting to see all of his highlights that are Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much my entire timeline today. For the pre for for pre, my Preds timeline on Twitter was like eighty percent Luke Evangelista, and yeah. I love it. It's Pretty awesome. Exciting. It's it's good to have a offensive prospect that is garnering that much attention and mm-hmm. a winger, Kyle, a winger, something yeah. that's always eluded this franchise. Yeah, when your yep. most successful homegrown winger is somebody you didn't draft. Um, <laughs> Uh, it it, it right. could have been it could have been Kevin Fiala they thought it was at the time. Um, I, I Craig Smith was kind of considered a center when he first came in, but he played a little wing too. You can kind of he wasn't elite, but Craig Smith played a little 
uh, winger during his time with the Predators, mm-hmm. and he was he had, but yeah, it's very few and far between. We'll wait and see if Ellie Tolvanen can end up being one of those um, as he continues to to grow, but very few and far between. I, I really like Tolvanen's game now. Uh, I know he's not scoring, but I really just like his game. It's I think just, the scoring is going to come, though, Kyle. I think it will eventually. I think it's just yeah. not happening for him right now. As good of a shot as he is, everybody mm-hmm. knows he's got that shot. It's just he. I've said this exact sentence before. He looks like Matt Duchesne did last year. Uh, it's just every post he can hit, he's going to hit it. It's just yep. There's nothing. There's nothing else to say. He's going to hit every single post he can Absolutely. touch. Post magnet. All right, that so. was an awesome edition of Perks Picks. A lot of good picks there. A lot of good discussion yeah. that we got out of that. We're gonna round out episode 103 with Chad Benton, Rich Howe, and Kyle Perkins. With we're gonna list off the top trade targets out there in the NHL and if they would fit the Preds or would they not be a fit at all? If they would fit, how would you acquire them? What would you be willing to give up for these players? And pretty much if you go around and look at all the major hockey websites, they're all in agreement with a list of like 10 top targets. Mm -hmm. We're not going to go through all 10, but I did write down like some of the ones that stood out the most to me. And one that's really starting to gain a lot of traction and a lot of popularity around the league and also around the Preds community is Claude Giroux, who, of course, just mm-hmm. got the All-Star Game MVP. MVP. Here's the thing about Claude Giroux, and I was looking up some of his stuff today on it. He's got a no-move clause right now. So Giroux can go wherever he chooses to go, if he even wants to leave the Flyers, which I would assume he does because the Flyers are just having a horrendous season. But he can pick where he wants to go. So um, it's a matter of I don't know enough about Claude Giroux to know if he would be intrigued about going to a team like the Predators. But um, also, it's going to be a very expensive package that you would have to put together to get a Claude Giroux, who is a two-way player, Great in the face-off circle. He's going to give you a second-line minutes. He's going to be a veteran. Great addition, but you're probably going to have to give up a starter, a prospect, and some draft picks, according to what everyone is saying his price tag is. So, as much as I like Claude Giroux, that scares me. So, which center are you going to punish? <laughs> like, like, are, are, I mean, like who, who, who are you going to send to Philly? No, no, I'm saying who are out of Ryan Johansson and uh, Mikhail Granlin, which one of them two are you going to punish? Yeah. Oh, you mean like take out of the top six? Yep. That's exactly. That's the problem you have. I don't know. Like, I mean, uh, we're just speaking <clears throat> hypothetically here. If the Predators really wanted to swing for the fences, and let's say Claude Giroux does want, would want to come to a place like Nashville, and this was could happen. Yeah, you would. And what, what, what did I say earlier, Rich? In this episode, we both said it. Shaking up things that don't need to be, you know, shaking Leave things up. alone. You've yeah. got a team that's just buzzing with all this chemistry on the lines. We love the fact that we have set lineup, and we feel like unless there's injuries, we pretty much always know what this starting lineup is going to look like every night. You throw yeah. a Claude Giroux in the mix, 
you can go ahead and shake all that up and you're going to have to rearrange things. And yep. just because it's an upgrade on paper doesn't mean it's going to upgrade your team on the ice. So yep. if you I'm add- going to say a pass. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say a hard, I'm not, I'm not going to say a hard pass. I'm yeah. definitely, it definitely intrigues me a little bit, but I still got to say I'll take a pass on it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. I, I think not I'd for his, not for maybe. his price, not for his price, yeah. and not for what he's going to command. Just too much yeah, for and, me to give up. And for like, like Kyle said, the movement is going to be. Yeah, you're you're punish, You're going to punish. I got a good question. I got a good question for both of y'all, and I, I got a good question for both of y'all, and I'll ask Kyle first. But it's really good for this discussion. When you're talking about having to trade a top prospect for one of these players. Kyle, who would you consider our top prospect right now that you think a, a team would be very, very interested in that's probably playing that would be close to being NHL ready, where you think teams would be like, yes, we want that prospect if we're if we're gonna give you this player. Hmm. Askarov. Is he tradable, right? I guess. I mean I don't know how I don't know how that works, yeah. but I don't he's, know how that works when he's still under KHL. That that's a question, I guess. For, you trade his rights. Trade yeah, his rights, uh, yeah. You think he's number one then? Since he's, I, a, I guess he is the top goalie prospect. I guess it depends on what team you're talking about. But that that's, that's true. Um, you go for a team like uh, who's having somebody having a terrible goalie player right now? Uh, somewhere like Seattle, uh, yeah. right? They're they're gonna want a goalie. Um, there you go, right yeah. there, Connor Ingram. <laughs> we ain't giving if they give up Connor Ingram, then it better be uh, Connor McDavid. We're getting back. Yeah, I, I really wouldn't want to give up Ingram. Ingram is no. too close to being no. here. He he's too much in like the plans for next year. Uh, Afanasyev. Uh, I think that, that's my that's my choice personally. I feel like he would be a very that he would yeah. really sweeten the pot for a team that was looking at prospects. Yeah. Our prospects. If anyone Justin. get a winger, Justin Gambino says, if anyone get a winger and send cousins to the fourth line with Tomasino and slot, slot someone on the first line with Ryan Johansson. If we get anybody at all. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, like that's... cousins and Tomasino together. I do. I think I think they play well together. Oddly enough, it's a really odd odd match. I don't know. Yeah, but they I do agree. seem to play well together. That's true. All right, so uh, I'm taking a pass on Claude Giroux. Uh, Eight point three million dollar cap hit right now. Uh, he has a no move clause. I don't think he's going to come here anyway. But um, yeah, he is pretty much leading most of the trade rumors right now, and so definitely wanted to bring him up. This is one I think me and Rich both want really bad, and a lot of people. I think Kyle has mentioned it as well, and I think it's way more realistic. And that's Jake DeBrusque of the Boston Bruins. Looked up some more stuff on him today, some more recent stuff, and yeah. he seems to be a very a, a much more safe addition for a team like the Predators if they are looking to make a splash here. He would give you center depth. I don't think he'd be overly expensive, and he might not be a rental after all. He's a player you could actually hold on to for your future because mm-hmm. he is going to be a restricted free agent, not an unrestricted, 
So you have a little bit more leverage for the front office and for Poyle to, if you were to sign to Brusque, maybe keep him past next season and you're not just signing a rental player for the playoffs. You could actually make a future move for your team. Yeah. What do you guys think about Jake DeBrusque? I like Jake DeBrusque. He his point totals have gone down since he's been since he started with Boston every year, but I don't think that's his fault. I just think it's you know the 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 opportunities that he's given. It's just not a good fit anymore. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like him a lot. I've always liked him. He's a really good player, and I would I'll, love to have him in Nashville. I agree with that. I just don't know what you're going to have to give up to get him, and I don't know how exactly that's mm-hmm. going to be worth it or not. Yeah. Um, it's true. And, yeah, and, and you're back to that where do you put him <laughs> scenario. Uh, he, so. he would probably be in the bottom six, if you ask me, maybe third line. Um, he's that's, a depth guy. He'd be a depth line. guy. I feel like he'd be a depth guy that would hopefully give you some extra scoring um, in your bottom six if you brought him. And that's what I'm thinking. If you were to add him, uh, keep yeah. your top six, keep your top six locked in. Um, but then you got to figure out, like like Kyle said, who would you give up? Um, I mm-hmm. don't think you'd have to give up a whole lot to get him personally, uh, but you know, yeah. Well, he's moved around. To, he's played on all the lines with Boston, so he he has the ability to. I mean, he he has actually played first line minutes when he's been needed to. So, but the, the just, one, all right, this talk. next player is what really interests all of us, and that's Phil Kessel. <laughs> it just for just for the memes, just for the fun, but, but not even just for that. Could you imagine adding a Phil Kessel to your playoff roster? I mean, the guy is shown up in big playoff moments in his career. I know he's not the same player he once was. He's still putting up a respectable season for a really bad team. It's not like he's just completely non-existent this season. I'd have to look up his exact numbers, but I know he's got like in the 25 to 30 point (laughs) somewhere around there. Uh, So it's not like he – Yeah, so I mean he's he's still making an impact. Imagine if you put him on a better team. What what kind of production would he be putting up then? Uh he is he's got an eight team no trade list right now. So we don't really know who's on that list, but um he does have a little leverage in where he wants to go. And it really comes down to where does he want to go? And I think he would want to go obviously to a playoff team, a team that can win a cup this year. So once again, you're looking at a team like Nashville, can they sell themselves? to some of these big trade targets who are looking to get onto a good team who are currently playing for a bad team right now. Right. Uh, Phil Kessel, um, where would you put him on this roster, guys? If he, Let's say hypothetically if he came on the Preds. Where would you put him? Who would you take out? I would probably put him with Johansson. Um, okay. Have uh, have Tolvanen oh. on win, one wing and Kessel on the other. You want him with Tolvanen because Phil's not going to play any defense. Uh, <laughs> Tolvanen's shown how much defense he's willing to play this year. So, uh, I think that would be the best option. What do you think, Rich? On paper, that sounds good. That sounds awesome. It's really but, hard to just – it's really it's, hard to shuffle mm-hmm. this lineup, though. The whole idea it of it 
just gives you a weird feeling inside because the it team's does. already playing so well. Now, one thing we got to remember here is a lot can happen between now and when a lot of these trades are going to start happening. That's so true. Wh- whatever you're thinking about now in, in terms of what you might do with the trade deadline might completely change. But we are starting to enter trade season here in February. We see trades happen in February. Just because the deadline's in March doesn't mean we won't start seeing some trades. And I really do think in these next couple of weeks, we're going to start seeing some some trades happen. Yeah. Some, but with some of these teams who are kind of desperate <clears throat> to move on. That's but true. I would love, I, I think uh, Phil Kessel, if you can make the numbers make sense, I, I would add him. I would absolutely bring him on the team. I think yeah. he would really help help you once you get into the playoffs more than anything else, having a player like him who can score clutch goals. He's been there in those playoff moments in the past. He's a veteran. You That's know he wants point. to win. You know he's going to do the right thing for his team that he comes on to. I think he would mesh pretty well with this Predators team, actually. So um, yeah. then you got to wonder who comes out of the lineup probably be whoever you end up trading but um yeah i'm sure the coyotes would want to just take a bunch of draft picks out of that though honestly yeah i don't think the coyotes would be looking for really too many starters they would be looking for prospects and they'd be looking for draft picks because they are in full rebuild mode obviously so scorched earth rebuild mode yeah right absolutely one more guy i got that's john john klingberg um where do you four point three million dollar <laughs> cap hit? He is number one on Bleacher Reports trade targets list among the entire NHL. He is likely going to be a rental player for for whoever he goes to, and he is going to get a really big payday once the offseason gets here. So whichever team does trade for him, if the Stars do indeed end up trading him, they're either going to have to say, "Okay, we rent you're a rental, move on," or they're going to have to pay him. So yeah. this is a very easy no for me. Don't even really have to think much of it. As much as I do like Klingberg, I think he's a decent player. He's a quality mm-hmm. defenseman. He can bring you some offense. We've already talked about how loaded our defensive core is already when it comes yeah. to you know finding room for players. I mean, I just don't see – I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think I'm dismissing this too much? I mean, think about it feels like they're really set with defensemen right now, and it's back to that who are you going to punish who's been playing well. But um, if the Stars hit a really, really bad – the Stars are one really bad losing streak away from selling the farm, I feel like. So, yeah, you're Klingberg's right. Definitely, Klingberg's definitely gone if the, if the Stars fall apart. He might yeah. be gone either way because – I'm pr- I don't think the leave. Stars want to re-sign him. He's not happy yeah. there. He's already said he's not happy there. Yeah. And it's a shame. Like, but, he, I was looking at his numbers. He's put up some – had some really good seasons for them, but it's just declined over the past few years. Um, yeah, I mean, he's not a he's not a third-pair guy. So, who, who do you no. not no. – who do you punish the, who's been playing well? Carrier? Fabro? No. That's Probably what I, that's what I mean. Probably, well, I, don't, I, don't I That's what I'm saying, though. Like, he would take the place of one of those two guys. So but he he's not a fit. I don't think he's a fit. As good of a player as he is, I just don't think he's a fit for our team. Yeah. But he's going to be a good addition to a to a playoff team out there. That's for sure. He's going to yeah, help somebody. 
Yep. Here's another guy, and he's already in our shopping cart, Philip Forsberg. He's in the cart. All you got to do is go he's check out. He's not. <laughs> do not put him on any trade list. He ain't getting traded. Have to, There's no he, way. He's not. He's he's already in the cart. You don't have to go do anything. Yeah. The Preds are. The Preds are. If the Preds weren't in the position they were in the standings, then I would say trade him. Yeah. No, but they're just. There's too much at stake here. Way too much. What yeah. what kind of message would you be sending to your fan base and to your team? Yeah. If you traded away a player like Forsberg who's having a career year and you're in, you're in the hunt for maybe even a division title. I mean, let's not yep. completely dismiss that possibility. That's but what that, I'm would send, that would send anything. that would send such a horrible message. So yeah, he's already in the to, shopping cart. He's already in the shopping even, cart. Yeah, you don't even have to go shopping, man. You got your guy right there. Just go pay for Just him. Just pay him. Done. Just pay him. Pay and him be done, and be done yeah. with it. It's a good don't, point. Don't do anything. I think there's Stay a really good. I think there's a really good chance that uh, that Poyle does nothing. Yeah, at the deadline, I, I could see that happening, and then he really gets uh, he really gets aggressive in the off season. Then that's when yeah. he spends a lot of his money then in free agency over the off season. Yeah, that was CJ was asking if we're buyers, do we focus on offense or defense? I don't think they really I don't really want them to do much this year. I don't if really they do anything, anything. Th- this would be my druthers, as you would say. Uh, if they do anything, I wouldn't mind seeing a fourth line center. Mm. Yes, that's right. Uh, like a- that would be good. Just, 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 and this is only in case that um, Tommy Novak does not come back up because I wasn't dissatisfied with his play by any Mm -hmm. means. Uh, In fact, right whenever he got uh, COVID and everything and then had a subsequent injury, he was starting to hit a little bit of a role there. Mm -hmm. So if he can come back up, I'd be fine with that. If they did a couple of small little trades and got, uh, a, a solid fourth line center. I wouldn't hate that. That would that would be okay. Hmm. Yeah. Well, they could just put um, Lucas Spiza in for that. I'm sure he could handle that. He's pretty you got talented. it in. You got your Lucas Spiza reference in, Rich. You waited till the very end of the episode. I was hey, worried that you weren't gonna. Oh, hey guys, I got to. Th- we how did we leave out this one player? And it would actually just solve Kyle's. Fourth line center possibility, Callie Yarncroke. Oh yeah, I saw something. Robbie Stanley actually mentioned him today. Yeah, but that's that's actually perfectly fits Kyle Perkins's uh, fourth line center solution. That yeah, it does. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I wasn't gonna say it because I didn't want to jinx it. So it's all your fault. <laughs> a Amen. light a light bulb went off. When you said fourth line center, Kyle, I really wasn't thinking about Yarn Croke until you said that. That's a that's that would be excellent. And you uh, wouldn't I, have to give up much at all to Seattle. Give them a draft pick. Maybe yeah. they would probably up. as bad of a year as Cali has had. Um, and the reason why I thought of this, I was talking with uh, Blake Salser earlier. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, he was saying I want Cali back, and I. I was like, no, and then I was like, okay, it makes offer, sense. And then, you could offer yeah, like it really a, makes sense. You could offer offer a couple of draft picks, a second round pick, maybe a third round pick, because that's what I think Seattle's looking to do right now. If you're the Seattle front office 
and you're seeing that your expansion season has gone horribly wrong, like most expansion seasons have in the NHL history. If you're a Seattle right now and you're in that front office, you're trying to acquire as many draft picks as you possibly can mm-hmm. in the next couple years and start that long process of having to build an actual NHL team, much like what the Predators had to go through in yeah. their early days. Yeah. Uh, they're wanting as many darts as they can have to throw at the board. That's that's where Seattle's going to end up at. Yeah. So I'd take him back in a heartbeat. Yeah. Wouldn't even, wouldn't even have to think about it, truthfully. So I don't know. Make it happen. Or show sure. hate it. Make it happen. He's got 15 points this season. He's on. He's played yeah. 34 games. I would take. For, I would take Cal Yarncroft back in a heartbeat as well. Yeah, definitely. He was hurt and then out for COVID, so he's actually kind of on par for his last few seasons in Nashville, point wise. So <clears throat> that'd be good. Very interesting stuff for sure. It's going to get more and more interesting as we get closer. I love the season. It's one of my favorite times of the year, and it's yep. just I can't get enough of it. Uh, yep. seeing where all these players go and see these teams who um, overpay or these teams mm-hmm. who just completely whiff on some of these trades that they make. So uh, we will stay yep. focused on that as it gets closer. This has been episode 103 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Mitten, Rich, and Kyle Perkins. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Have yep. a great week. We will see you on Thursday to react to the Dallas Stars game that's coming up Wednesday. We'll get into a bunch of more stuff as well. Stay tuned for that. We hope everyone has a great week. Take it easy. Yep. Have a good one. Later. Y'all be good.